Welcome back to the Green Element podcast, where we feature business leaders and innovators transforming their operations to be more environmentally and socially sustainable. I'm your host, Will Richardson, and I can't wait to meet our guest today and help you on your journey of sustainability. Welcome to the Green Element podcast, Tim. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am looking forward to finding out more about coffee and speciality coffee and um, more about the journey that we potentially go on while drinking coffee. Um, could you tell us a bit more about Tamamus and um, yeah, where you come from and what you're doing? I will. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I think the first question that most people ask me is why have we got such a silly name for our business? And um, it, 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 retrospectively, it is a bit, but it, but it actually means we love in Latin, and that's really where the genesis came from. You know, what I fell in love with the stories behind specialty coffee, and I didn't think they were being particularly well told. Uh, so we wanted to create a business that brought those stories to the to the fore and created, I suppose, a more joyful experience around drinking coffee in the workplace. Interesting, interesting. And so, do you find that people want um, that want to find out more about coffee when they start talking to you? And does that is that how they end up talking to you? Yeah, I think I think we're really lucky. I mean, if I was selling uh, ethical toilet rolls, I think I think it'd be harder to get the conversation going. But most people seem to enjoy coffee, and even if they don't like drinking coffee there's some interest in coffee it's, it's it's a newsworthy interesting subject so i, I think we're really lucky because it's not difficult to open up conversations with people around coffee what is more difficult to discuss around coffee is the um is i suppose the dark backstory around uh coffee and the majority of coffee that's sold and that's i suppose what really what, what you know where we're trying to get involved in trying to support the growers because the truth is is the majority of farmers around the world are growing coffee that's going into the commodity supply chain and that coffee the price that a farmer can achieve for that coffee is only linked to supply and demand on the new york stock exchange so they're often paid i don't know what today's at sea price is but the sea price is is locked on the stock exchange so the farmer often receives less less revenue for his crop than it's cost him to grow it and that's a growing problem now and it's compounded by climate change so Yields for farmers are, are, are often down um, because uh, leaf rust is a terrible problem, which is a disease that affects coffee plants and reduces yields. Changing weather patterns, storms, all of that is reducing farmers' yields. And on the basis that the price they can achieve per pound of coffee is locked uh, to supply and demand, it kind of um, they're, they're unable to um, earn a sustainable income out of their farms. So what we're seeing is. Uh, what corners are being cut environmentally and uh, socially. Uh, people are walking off coffee farms that they've been farming for generations. So it's a sad, it's a sad backstory. But we've, what we found was a, a shining light within the sector, which was uh, the specialty um, sector. It, specialty, speciality, uh, it's American specialty. And our, our, uh, we're a member of an organisation called the Specialty uh, Coffee Association. So often get muddled up because it sounds like I'm pronouncing it wrong, but it's sort of specialty coffee. That, that is a, a particular grade of coffee that's different to uh, commodity grade coffee in that it, uh, it's achieved a particular score in terms of sort of objective standards and quality. So what I mean by that is that the, the coffee that's been farmed has 
has got very few defects in it. it, it it's, a, it's a certain moisture content. It's all at a particular screen size. So objectively, looking at that harvested coffee, it meets standards. That coffee is then cupped by professionals who are called Q graders, and they, um, they evaluate the coffee from a sort of a taste and aroma, a, a more sensory perspective. And then they're able to allocate a, a score to that coffee in terms of how it, how it tastes. So what that means is that um, a, uh, what, if the coffee achieves over 80 points out of uh, 100, it can be uh, graded as a specialty grade coffee, which moves it straight out of the sort of commodity tub and then it moves into a more sort of auction style arrangement where people are prepared to pay for that coffee. Traders and uh, importers and exporters are prepared to pay an awful lot more for that coffee because it meets higher, higher standards and people are prepared to, roasters are prepared to pay more around the world. So what we're trying to do is, um, is encourage more people to seek out, use, purchase, drink specialty grade coffee and avoid as much as possible the commodity grade coffee because whilst uh, many farmers are unable to access uh, specialty uh, grade coffee or create specialty grade coffee but simply because there's insufficient education at a farm level of how to grow good quality coffee. Um, if, if people realise that the yields are there and, and demand's growing, there will be more support to get more farmers into growing kind of specialty grade coffee. So the way we look at it is that the commodity grade coffee is a, is a, um, is a, uh, is, is, is a sort of vicious circle where Farmers are receiving insufficient uh, revenues for their crop. They're, they're, they're unable to invest in the farm, unable to invest in education, unable to invest in environmental initiatives. Whereas, look at it the other way, specialty grade coffee, there's more money coming in through that, there's more education. So you create this virtuous circle where communities can flourish around specialty grade coffee. And of course, there's still gonna be environmental challenges, but if there's, some, if there's a bit more cash at a farm level, they can invest in ways of, um, of overcoming some of those challenges, you know, looking at different uh, rootstocks for their coffee plants, but it, there's no money, they can't do that, they're just having to exist. So um, that, that, that's, that's really what we're trying to do is, is, is improve the kind of penetration of specialty grade coffee and our, our space for that, that's a high level purpose, but our particular space is generally around the workplace, offices, um, that type of thing. Okay, and where would a lay person be able to buy speciality? Um coffee specialty coffee would you i mean can you buy it from a supermarket or do you have to go to particular people to buy it like yourselves or yeah you can buy it in the supermarket and it's usually marked up as such it, it will say specialty grade grade coffee on there uh, and it will come with a, a lot of information usually an altitude it will certainly come with a co with the cooperative or the farm information it will have come from a it will have a transparency associated with that with that coffee so uh, that's really what you're what you're looking for. Uh, the best place to go, in my view, is your local roaster. Uh, if you go down, find your local uh, roaster. You can ask them if what they're distributing is specialty grade coffee. And if they are, then they will give you all the support and advice you need around the coffee, where it's come from. Um, and often they'll they'll know what sorts of social initiatives are happening on the ground. I mean, we've had some coffees where we you know where we know that the that on at a farm level there's there's schools and creches for kids so when laborers are on the farm they know their kids get an education these are the sorts of coffees that we all should be investing in that kind of create a benefit at a farm mm -hmm. level as well as a joyful experience when you're drinking your coffee you know that's why we see this as a win-win we need to create a better a better um 
a fairer distribution of value across you know the uh, down the supply chain and we need to create better experiences when people are drinking coffee because awful coffee is still rife in the in the uk mm. so what so understanding and notwithstanding all of that that you've just said what would you say your purpose is as an organization we, well we, we try our purpose is to um is to improve uh, well it's better 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 coffee for better business it, it, that's it in its simplest area and, and, I mean, and we mean that at every single level so we work with great independent roasters you know we want to provide them with additional volume we want to buy we only buy coffee that's specialty grade to create a better business for the farmers we we want to work with firms where when we drop in a coffee that's got a great backstory that's got real character that it creates a better experience for them that they can share with their either their team their employees or their prospects and people can get excited and, and feel that this firm has got um has got uh, you know it, it gives consideration to the way it buys things the way it does business so uh it's a, bit, a better organization so effectively a sort of a marketing uh, activity mm. uh, to put it very crudely but we think that better coffee can create better business all around so that is our that is our purpose what do you say your business superpower was ours uh, our knowledge our knowledge for sure we we don't roast coffee ourselves. I'm not a co I know how to roast coffee, but I don't roast coffee. Uh, we I don't make coffee machines. I I don't distribute tea. I, I don't um, I don't service coffee machines. We've got this most incredible network that we've invested really really heavily in. We go to all the trade shows, all major trade shows. I spend a lot of time meeting people who I hope will be brilliant, and if they are, we bring them into our network, and then that network's what's available to our clients. So I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't roast coffee, I don't service machines, any of that stuff. But I understand all of the components that come together to make great coffee in a workspace, and that's our superpower. It's being able to a client come to me and say, Tim, how do we improve the coffee in our meeting rooms? People are saying it's a bit bitter. I can listen to them, understand how they use coffee, and then put together a, uh, a really tight proposal for them that says, you know, this is how I believe you can, you can do it. And you know what, here's a great coffee that comes from a great farm in Guatemala, uh, for example, um, the women of Hue Hue is one we're using a lot, which is um, eight uh, ladies, Guatemalan ladies who, who, who all farm and have brought their crops together. That's a great story for uh, you know, a firm to carry forward we can put that complete solution together and it's our knowledge that allows us to, uh, to, to do that. So I'm, I'm not an expert in anything, but I'm a generalist across the whole lot, but I can pull that together for the benefit of our clients. It's been really interesting following um, your stories on LinkedIn and talking to people. One of the things that I remember reading, watching fairly recently was the decaffeinated coffee and saying that, actually it's a myth that decaffeinated coffee is rubbish you can get very good quality decaffeinated coffee which i thought was really interesting because i definitely fell into the camp of oh i don't drink decaf coffee because it's rubbish yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know some 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 have their shortfalls but again uh well you probably saw that i um I got that wrong. I know a bit about decaf coffee, but I didn't get it quite right on LinkedIn. And one of the guys who I met out in Annecy when I was at a roasters conference out there, he he called me on it and said, "Look, thanks for you know, thanks for being positive about decaf coffee, but you didn't get it exactly right." So I was like, "Well, okay, cool." 
let's let's get you on and why don't you explain to everybody and um this is what i mean about our knowledge you know i know i know i only started in this a year ago but my goodness me i've been busy building a network and learning about everything i need to know so that when a client says to me tim what do we do about this i can answer that question and if i can't answer the question i know exactly who to go to to get the answer because a lot of people i mean think what we do differently is uh, we sit between, there's a lot of companies who, who are very good at putting machines in offices and, uh, and servicing those machines and looking after those machines and taking uh, money off clients for, for those machines. And they don't really care what coffee goes through those machines. There's a lot of companies that do that. There's also a lot of companies who are incredible roasters. They're buying beautiful coffee, specialty grade with lovely stories, very ethically and socially kind of conscious. But they're not interested in a beans cut machine in an office or, or, or how to put tasting cards, how to create bespoke tasting cards for a client that can sit on their boardroom table. So we, we're trying to fill that middle space there where we can put, we care about beans cut machines. We understand exactly how they work. We've got engineers who can look after them. Um, we can put them on the table, but we will also run great coffee through it. Now it won't be as good uh, probably through a beans cup machine as you might get in a very, very top sort of specialty coffee shop with a barista in there, but it's gonna be one hell of a lot better than you could get if you weren't using specialty grade coffee. And the fact that you can have the tasting cards, the explanation, the whole story brought to life, the farmer sort of center stage on the boardroom table is, is, is great. And so far as I know, no one's else really doing that with the sort of similar level of focus that we are. So, I mean, you just mentioned that you've been doing this for um, just over a year or a, a year. What were you doing before this that, and what triggered you to get into coffee? Yeah, um, well, let's go right back. I studied product <laughs> design in uh, a university up in uh, Salford and uh, my final year project was a, was a coffee machine that I designed. So I don't really know where it came from back there, but and I look back and I still find it a bit bizarre because I certainly wasn't drinking great coffee at university, but I designed a coffee machine as my final year project. So my interest was clearly there uh, you know, early on after I left school. Um, and then uh, fast forward, uh, I was running a marketing agency in London and uh, we sold it and I started to develop this idea this coffee idea which came from me being sat in my kitchen just after my birthday my wife had bought me some I think 250 grams of Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee probably from I don't know Harrods or somewhere because she knew I like, enjoyed my coffee and it purported to be the best coffee in the world and I sat down I ground this coffee I just got a new grinder as well and I, and I sat there, I drank it, and I was transported away. It was just the most amazing uh, taste experience. It was soft, silky mouthfeel, just really mellow. It was, it was beautiful. And it was pre-kids, so I was really able to enjoy that experience without being interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that, that, so, so I was like, well, how can a coffee taste this good? How can it taste this, this different to other coffees that I've drunk? So I started to read about it and I, I understood that there's a persistent blue mist, which is why they're called the Blue Mountains, and it sits over the, over the mountain and it slows the ripening process by kind of up to 25%. Every single bean is sorted by hand to make sure any defects are removed. You know, it's, the, 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 the terroir and the climate is perfect for growing coffee trees. And I thought, you know, this is what an incredible story. No one's really telling the story very well. I think, we, I think we could do it better. So I started to develop a coffee business. So if you look, our business was incorporated back in 2011. But then um, I got offered a job uh, and I just had kids then. And I thought, I'm going to take the safe option and take a job. So I was, I was marketing director for uh, quite a big firm down on the South Coast, where, I, where I'm still located now, down in Limington. So um, I did that for eight years. But the, 
the idea never went away. And my wife said, I'd like to start working again now. So she, uh, so I said, well, look, we've got a coffee company incorporated. Why don't you start that? And she looked at it and said, look, we could do uh, something around expensive, luxurious coffee, or we could supply good quality, specialty grade coffee into businesses. So she started with a couple of clients and ran it on Tickover for a few years. So we have been trading for maybe four years. And then uh, I was looking at this business and I thought, time's right for this you know people are looking for more ethical ways of doing business they're looking for more stories around what they're buying and i think we can connect this with 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 sort of how how new businesses are coming through and uh so i just i thought right and i wanted to do my own thing and i was getting fed up with being employed and all the other stuff that i'm sure every other entrepreneur kind of feels and, and i just quit so i quit a very good job and um we we, we gathered together our own money and we got an, uh, one investor who's our chairman who works, so uh, he, he invested it a bit. And, um, and here we are, sort of, so April was when I came in full time last year, April 19. So we fast forward a year and we've learned a hell of a lot. We've got an awful lot wrong, but we know we're going in the right direction and um, we're really enjoying it. Brilliant, brilliant. So uh, it is funny that whole university thing, isn't it? The way that um, one of my best mates did he did his thesis at university on um, something to do with EU and trading and he ended up as an accountant and he literally, we did hospitality management, so nothing like it. I did my thesis on how people perceive the effect they have on the environment whilst partaking in sports within the Cairngorm region. I'm now running um, a couple of environmental companies in Scotland and if I'm being honest, <laughs> it's kind of weird and I know, and you, the fact that you designed a coffee, you know, a coffee machine when you weren't into, I wasn't into the environment. He certainly wasn't into numbers. We all, we went off to um, Canada and went skiing and just bummed around for years. And it's just, I don't know, you, there must be that th thing inside you that when you're young, you don't even know or recognize it at that point, but you would have been interested in coffee at that point. And you maybe didn't even know about it. Yeah, so perhaps our paths are set quite quite early. Um, yeah. I remember, if, if I go back even further, I, th I think it's a really interesting idea that, that when you are sort of carefree and you've got a, a very open mind, as you do around that, that, that time, that, um, you know, that, that, that maybe we, we do uh, show show without realizing perhaps the path our path of intention uh, at that stage before we get gobbled up by uh, where we're being pushed and where we end up geographically or all those other things that we know that influence us through those kind of early years of um, employment and then but 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 it never goes away i mean certainly i always wanted to run my own business and I, i've been employed for what seems like forever and it, what a breath of fresh air it is being able to you know we we can tell, uh, you know, we, 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 I've got the freedom to work with people uh, who we want to work with. And we, you know, we, we, we've not, we've chosen not to work with particular people on a few occasions. And I hope I don't live to regret that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we don't want to, we want to work with like-minded people. And I think, I think positioning yourself around the, and being interested in a sustainability agenda and, and doing things for the right reasons. You know, we're both B Corp certified. But it, 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 you, you connect immediately with other people who have got that, that shared vision for the world in which we live. Those who don't have it uh, probably will never have it by this point. Uh, and they're probably not the right people to, to work with. But where that lives inside you, that, that desire to do things better, it burns quite strong, I think. Yeah, yeah I think it probably does. It's, um, I've always thought, and it's, I just found it really interesting, you said the same thing as I've seen, I don't know, 
there must be there must be some kind of research that's done on that kind of stuff I wonder... maybe we should go into careers guidance and just stand outside the, uh, the graduation ceremony and say what did you do for your project that's, that should be your job or or just get just go walk around the unions when the students are really drunk and then ask them what their <laughs> real drive is and what they were planning and then and then write it down and then email them and go by the way this is what you'll end up doing in later life <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the questions I actually do have is why you um, decided to become a B Corp, but I kind of think you've almost answered that through the drive. Um, well, if I could name name check here, uh, actually, it was a guy who we both know, uh, Russ Avery, who um, he I was talking to him on email, and he he made some good points around greenwashing, uh, and I. Th I think people are always skeptical. If you say, look, oh, we've got a sustainability agenda um, and we've got a business and we're a for-profit business, people can be quite skeptical about what, what that means. And, you know, there's more and more sort of cries around greenwashing. I think it's, it's absolutely fair enough. And Russ had mentioned that. And I thought, he said, you, you know, if you're serious, you should consider B Corp. Uh, and, and that was the end of the conversation. And I went away and one night was lying in bed and I sort of Googled B Corp. I'd never heard of it before. And, and, I, and I read it and I thought, wow, wow, that that is who we are and, and i'd love to be part of that but that looks like a dream you know that'll be something for quite a few years time where we've got the time and the money and the resources to be able to uh, to go through accreditation and then um and then uh what happened was i engaged the team we did the questionnaire which took hours and we went through and we met the grade and we thought well we're just going to park that for now and then all our clients slammed their doors on the 23rd of March this year, you know, because of COVID. And we had a couple of days where we thought, what the hell are we going to do now? Uh, you know, we, we put all our eggs in the supplying the kind of corporate uh, market, the office space, as opposed to selling direct to customer. What are we going to do? And I said, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to get B Corp certification. We're going to go for it. And I just committed uh, all our time and energy to um, to the certification process. And, and and the stars aligned because there was an accreditation slot that came up at just the point mm -hmm. I'd completed all the groundwork that we needed to do. And I didn't know. It's funny, I've just got off a call actually where I've been talking to about twenty B Corp, uh, not B Corp, twenty businesses that are about to go into the accreditation process. So it's like a Q and A with me, and I was just explaining the the, the process. And I said it was very mercurial to start off with. I really didn't understand what would be involved. But as soon as I got into it, it was a brilliant experience. You know, the accreditation process was was fantastic. The analysts were great. Communication was really good. But before it, it, it was it was a bit um, a, a, a bit opaque. But we put in a lot of work at that stage, and then that paid off because the accreditation it only took us four weeks to go through it because we've got everything ready. Um, and I'm not a particularly organised person, but I just got the bit between the teeth with this, and I was up till the early hours of the morning for you know days and days on end doing all the work that we needed to do and. Um, we came out with actually with stronger, a lot stronger as a business, not just because we've got accreditation, but the processes, all the things that were living in our heads, uh, the way we were running our business, the things we were doing, the way we were communicating and doing business, we, all of that was in our heads and, and B Corp forced us to write it all down and, and document it and, and get things, you know, get things done the right way. So I think we came out of it a, a much stronger we have come out of it a much stronger, much more, sounds weird, a grown-up business because of uh, going through the process. So it was, it was a tremendous amount of value added uh, going through that. And actually, I'm not a process person particularly. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed writing it because I thought, you know what, I'm writing the business. We, we are, and this is going to become even more important as we grow and we get bigger. Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting that growing and getting bigger because we've been going through the process a few times now. and. 
I had at one point kind of nominated a B Corp person to take us through. And I actually don't think that we should. And we've talked about it internally because running an organization and understanding what you have to do is great. You can say, yeah, we do that, we do that. It's the questions that you go, no, we don't do that. Those are the questions that I then go, that's interesting. Why are we saying no to that? How can I say yes? And I think as you get a broader team at the top, I think that's when, yeah, it won't be me that's doing it because it won't be me that's driving the business. It'll be a group of us driving the business. But I think it should always be the senior, a very senior person going through the B Corp process because it's why aren't we saying yes to that? What can we do better to enable us for that? And yeah, yeah, and I think it does make you a more grown up business because of that. I agree, and I think it's um, uh, you know we paid the money for certification, but it's 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 very cheap if you consider what a consultant would have cost us to have got all that work done uh, anyway around around some of uh, some of uh, some of that. I think how we carry it forward and, and, and manage it that's that's the challenge for us, and I think that's where it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting how we continue to evolve and grow within that framework. That's, that's the, the, the bit, but I think, I think the money is well worth it at the beginning as a kickstart, um, but then I think there's gonna be, we'll need some support probably in the future as we, as we go forward. Mm. Cool, brilliant. And so can you tell us a bit about how you engage your, um, you know, your customers with your mission and purpose? Like, what sort of messaging do you have and how do you get it out there? I'm not sure we've got it entirely right yet. I don't think I'm concise enough in explaining what we're doing. We were just talking before we 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 came sort of on on the, on the microphone here, and I was saying we this morning I've just done a long session on 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 the why. You know, well, why do we do what we what we do? I think we're quite good at the how. We got that a year ago, and that's what we spend a lot of time. We we have spent a lot of time talking about how we do it, how we how we roast coffee, how we source specialty grade coffee, how we put great machines in, but clients aren't interested in that. And so I'll be very honest, and say, I think we've got, to, we've got to complete this bit of work we started uh, this, yeah, this morning, really, which is taking a step back and saying, right, now, now we have got B Corp certification. How do we engage, um, uh, not just with the certification, but the reasons we did B Corp, the things you're just talking about, how do we connect that with prospects to say, you know what, we're probably the right coffee supplier for you because this is what's important to us and this is why we get up in the morning and do these things and they probably resonate with you. And I don't think we're there yet, but the way I do it at the moment, um, uh, because I haven't got it really battened down, is like using platforms like LinkedIn. As you, you know, I do a lot on link, LinkedIn. I enjoy LinkedIn. I, I like, because you, you, you can tell, once you build a com, kind of community of followers, um, you can tell your story over time. And, and when it's a slightly more complicated story, like what we've got to tell, or I'm making it complicated, um, uh, LinkedIn is <laughs> quite, quite a good way to do it. And, um, and, and I try and meet with clients as much as much as I can and, and, and networking events and things. And we talk about it and you can probably tell I'm very, very passionate about this. And I, I can get that across when I'm talking to people one to one or through LinkedIn. I find mm. it very hard to do it through a website, a pay-per-click campaign or anything like that. So how do we articulate our purpose? Ideally face to face where possible. Um, and, and we just talk about the things that are important to us. And um, it's usually a stream of consciousness like I'm doing now, but, it works. Oh, it has worked, but I think we could be better. 
Brilliant. When it comes to running an ethical and sustainable business, what would you say your biggest struggle so far has been? And can you tell a bit about tell us a bit about how you've overcome it? Well, we've got a massive elephant in the room, uh, being a coffee supplier, um, in that coffee cannot, will never be grown in Europe or in the UK. So we're always going to have a, a big sort of travel. Uh, we're going to have to ship goods around the world, which doesn't make anybody feel particularly good, I don't think. So that's one of our biggest challenges. And the, the, and, and the overlay is there's not a great deal we can do about that, how we can influence that. But what I did find out, we started tracking our waste um, I created uh, an environmental impact report and it's clunky. It's, it's in Excel, but it documents every piece of waste that we've created. And what I found fascinating through doing that um, was we, um, we learned that the CO2 emissions produced to get coffee on the assumption that all of it was coming from Brazil to the UK was less than moving that coffee from uh, Essex um, to uh, Tilbury, where the coffee usually comes into, to uh, Hampshire. And, and I found that fascinating because I thought that there's, there's where we can make a difference. You know, once you start to understand um, where you're having the biggest impact on the environment, you can start to make a difference and start to shift those numbers. And we can't shift them all, but some we will be able to. And I think you know, we, we chatted a while ago about, um, you know, my carbon footprint, and we need a better way. Excel's no way to track your, your sort of, you know, your waste. And I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to uh, make use of, you know, your, your platform to, um, to improve our organisation. But I think it's right now. So our biggest challenge was to start off with it very, very difficult to retrospectively go back and track all the waste that we produce in every courier that we send out, every ream of A4 paper that goes through our printer, all of that. But we've done it now. And we just need a, a, a better way to, to, to pull that information together and see where we can have a positive impact. But I'll go back and say again, you know, when you're shipping coffee around the world, that's, that's the biggest challenge we've got. But it, it can't go away. It won't go away, unfortunately, unless we choose not to drink coffee. And that's not a good message for me to put out there. <laughs> no, no, well, I'd love to look at your figures um, for that with the bringing the coffee from Brazil and the road travel. Because I, 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 I'm with you. I'm kind of like, that's actually quite unbelievable. It would be quite interesting just to have a look at that and ver verify it as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I use the, um, I use the government, uh, what's it, the government uh, metrics or whatever. They publish once a year, I think, in August, don't they? Um, that's it, yeah, conversion factors, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's what we use. So it, it, may, it may not be right, but the point is that we're on that journey now of trying to understand more about what we do, which is probably, as, as I'm sure you find in your experience, we're probably a long way ahead of most people just because we've started the process and we, 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 we can get better and we can improve. I mean, this year, people say to us, well, what, what are you going to reduce? What are you going to do? I said, I've got no idea what we're going to reduce at the moment. We, we're doing everything we can that's obvious, but, but, but this year is about benchmarking, understand what we're using, and then we can start to say, okay, well, let, let, these are the things that we can actually improve on and, and reduce those. But obviously we do all the usual stuff like, uh, well, you know, green energy and solar panels and recycled paper, all that, and reduced commuting, and Zoom's going to be great. Now there's a greater penetration of Zoom and people are more comfortable with it. I spend yeah. we'll be able to massively reduce our mileage, um, sort of prospecting mileage. All our board meetings are run over Zoom, we'll work remotely. So there's lots of the obvious things we've got ticked off, but it's now we go on to the next stage of how we uh, really improve and um, mm. make, make a difference. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think. I think that is, and that, that behaviour change part is going to be a big part of it to stop us from travelling to some, because both you and I have to go to prospect meetings and um, 
it's just nice to know that you probably don't need to go to as many in the future because people yeah, let's 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 look at it another way around let's qualify out uh before we go and then if they're if they're not saying they if they're still saying yeah come and see me it's probably on the basis there'll be a client and that's a, that's a, that's a that's a, a a meeting worth traveling because if they become a client we're making an improvement in the way someone's buying coffee so you know yeah let's hop in the car then but brilliant what is there one piece of advice you could offer our listeners to help them with their purpose and um what would that be I saw, you, I saw that question you sort of sent that beforehand and I, and I, str- I struggle with it because it just it lives it lives deep within me and it, only, it came out when the time was right for it to come out and I was prepared to sort of take the take the plunge but I think that'll be different for everyone but go with your heart definitely go with go, go just go you, I think you feel it uh, if you've got that 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 Per, that purpose and for, for me it was just a number of things coming together jamaica blue mountain coffee i designed a coffee machine back at university uh, the kids were old enough i was prepared to make take a big risk and start my own uh, business my wife was supportive they all came together at the same time we said right let's do this thing let's make it happen let's uh let's let, let's let's go for it and uh here we are and i'm not regretting it for a minute brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. yeah um, <laughs> and we've kind of touched upon the environmental management and um carbon footprinting aspect of your business um is that something that is taken into consideration when um running the organization and so if you take tell us a bit about that yeah sure i mean it's, it's kind of it, um it informs our decision making so if, so a few clients had said to us you know do you do tea and we've always said no we're a coffee company uh, but it's clear now we should be doing tea uh, not least because it gives the client a single point of contact for a ordering these things. So we, we started to look for tea companies. And the, the, so the first thing we were doing was looking at their kind of ethical credentials and their sustainability credentials. Do they have, do they, do they avoid entirely um, single-use plastic? They do, right, okay, you're on the list sort of thing. So I think it makes decision-making a bit easier when you can build that in right up front in terms of how you work with people. So, um, and the other great thing is we have, you know, an environmental sort of standards questionnaire that we distribute now to all new, uh, all new uh, partners that we're looking to, all suppliers that we're looking to work with. So I, I think it is really helpful in terms of guiding how we make decisions and who we want to work with. And clearly, you know, I, I'm trying to seek B Corps wherever possible as well to work with, because those are people that have shown a real big commitment by going through the accreditation process. B Corp's done the legwork for me in terms of saying, you know, these people have got a sort of a purpose-led agenda. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd seek out B Corp um, partners too. Finally, what, what is there any advice or learning that you'd like to share with um, people listening on the podcast? Um, what, around sort of sustainability? Well, uh, I well, I mean, my biggest learning is around just entrepreneurialism. I think people said it a thousand times before me, and I and I never really listened. Everyone said everything's a lot more expensive and takes a lot longer than you ever think it will. And I was like, yeah, 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 we'll we'll be fine. And then everything took a lot longer, and everything was a lot more expensive than I ever thought it would be. Um, and we made made a lot of mistakes uh, as well. We made a lot of mistakes, but I think you only learn, or people say you learn a lot more from the mistakes that you do from the successes. So as long as you can stay in business and uh, make enough mistakes to teach you what you need to know, then you can become a successful business. And I think that's definitely true. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Tim. What's the best way that we can connect with you and learn more about 
who you Best are. Best ways, um, yeah, LinkedIn probably. I mean, we've got a website um, which is uh, amarmus.coffee. That's that's our handle, like .coffee at the end. It's not .com or .co.uk, amarmus.coffee. And I'm most active on LinkedIn under my own uh, personal profile. So if you just look up Tim Wookie, which is W-O-O-K-E-Y, um, then you should be able to find me. Brilliant. And we'll be putting all of your um, social handles and everything on the website um, along with the podcast. Thanks so much. That's good. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a real, real pleasure. Very honoured to be on here. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Great. It's really good to understand more about coffee and what you're doing. It's brilliant. <laughs>